Welcome to the podcast series from Synthesis Systems, where we discuss everything related to the subscription world. Stay tuned while we cover topics like recurring revenue, revenue assurance, CPQ and billing, Salesforce, Zora, and much more. Hello, and welcome back to our podcast series. Today, we have Vijay Kumar with us, who heads the Center of Excellence at Synthesis Systems. In an earlier conversation with Vijay, we were talking about Oracle BRM. Today, we will talk about an equally interesting topic, enterprise architecture in BSS and OSS space. Hello, Vijay. Welcome back. How are you doing? Doing good, Kiran. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Vijay, I know that you're very passionate about the enterprise architecture space. So much so that one of your pet peeves has been that you know, companies spend millions of dollars on BSS and OSS transformations, but they shy away from even having a single consultant for the enterprise architecture space. Why do you think that EA or enterprise architecture is so important? And what are the key factors that companies must consider before adopting it? Sure, sure, Karan. It's a very interesting question and this has been the journey that I've gone through in the last uh, 20-25 years. Uh, Something that I've questioned myself, something that I've questioned with companies I've worked with. So let's discuss two types of scenarios that I went through uh, out of my experience. One is companies who are transforming from an old legacy system to a new BSS OSS stack. And the second scenario is companies who have a stack today, but they're trying to modernize it for digital transformation. Right. So first and foremost, EA has to be EA as a as I call it enterprise architecture has to be cultivated as a practice within the organization, within the organization which is doing the additional transformation, and the team or the group of people uh, should come together from different functional backgrounds, like the team that is formed within the company, within the telco, within the subscription enterprise should come from different functional backgrounds and they should be able to influence the IT roadmap of the organization. So what is EA? So EA talks about uh, the overall infrastructure architecture, the security architecture, the application architecture, the data architecture, where is the data ownership, what is the data retention, archival, so on and so forth. It's a few examples of what EA is. So what influences the EA most in a tip- is typically the largest problem that is getting solved in the organization. Right, so so when a company starts, they don't have a EA. They don't have an enterprise architecture. So what typically happens is uh, there is a big digital transformation. Uh, there is a rolling out of CPQ. There's a rolling out of sales CRM. There is only channel integration required because of digital economy. So everybody come together, uh, RFP is released, and or, or my favorite is rolling out a new full-fledged billing solution. So the approach to EA has been more driven by the project. So what I would like to see the change coming is the EA should become a practice where there is a team uh, on the customer side working with the experts uh, like Synthesis in creating a blueprint based on uh, specific models, EA models, right? And this blueprint should have a life to it, like the two-year blueprint and the five-year blueprint. And then the guidelines are derived from that blueprint. And based on the guidelines, Everything else is implemented within the enterprise with respect to systems, processes, with respect to checks, controls, so on and so forth. So that's, that is the new way of looking at uh, enterprise architecture that I believe 
should should make a company more stronger in the in the subscription world in the telecom world wonderful now before the companies move to the enterprise architecture now that's transformation all said and done uh, it's not it's not a small thing now is there a readiness uh, factor that uh, you know these organizations will have to consider before moving definitely definitely so ea if you have a blueprint let's take an example if you have a blueprint then you you will cover the aspects of high availability and stability what is my integration model is it esb point to point hybrid vpn based configurability and manageability of all the applications security model data ownership as i was explaining earlier and process ownership right so not having a ea what are the what what typically what are the symptoms of not having ea enterprise architecture systems organically grow based on business need or it need and let's say you would have seen this there are four ticket management systems there are three reporting systems there are two analytical engines and there are products which are there which are not even used in the enterprise so so this is a typical symptom of i have too many applications uh, i'm not very clear who's the owner owner of what data i'm not very clear who's the owner of which process what do i do with this crm if i already have a crm on the other side etc 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 so so these are the symptoms of why when and why a company should think for a ea audit so when a before a ea audit is done uh, the idea of consolidation of all the various inventory of applications and processes needs to be documented in in a place and then the ea audit starts so there is not much a, a company can do when they don't have the uh, culture and they don't have an organization or a department which manages ea uh, it's not there is not much you can do about it but having said that there should be a conscious thought of doing an audit thus resulting in creating a nice clean blueprint when i say blueprint it is how do you want to build your house that kind of a blueprint right so that that view can only come after you do in ea audit now la- lastly i want to say that it's not that nobody that no company has ea there are many large enterprises many large telcos who invest on enterprise architecture there is a separate cross functional team globally that focuses on enterprise architecture but that has always been an exception it's not a norm in the industry where every organization has an enterprise architecture practice awesome so what are some of the benefits that ea delivers to companies the immediate benefits is consolidation of applications their licenses right and the and and deciding what are redundant applications thus reducing your cost that is the first benefit you look at applications infrastructure freeing up infrastructure freeing up applications freeing up processes which are not in use and have been there as arcane processes or systems because there are either redundant systems or systems that are not even implemented so that is a very big cost advantage i can see up front the second is the second important uh, aspect of doing the audit is once you have the blueprint it becomes very clear for an organization what sits where essentially right and which data sits where who's the owner of which process with crm billing esp where where does the api source how do you manage security how do you manage infrastructure everything is very clear so that creates a new wave of thought process of imp- when you implement a new feature 
when you implement a new system, the, the analysis on cross-functional impact becomes very easy. Let's say I have to tomorrow launch a new feature on the billing solution uh, uh, on contract management. It becomes very clear by looking at the blueprint. I have the blueprint in front of me. I, I, I need to implement contract management. It's very clear, okay, I have impact on CRM, I have impact on the ESP, I have impact on the billing solution, I have impact on reporting, I have impact on the financial system. It's very clear, right? It's right in front of you. It helps the company plan better, uh, plan better the cross-functional impact when they roll out. Many advantages are there, but for the benefit of time, uh, let me just, ex just you know, explain, I, I just explained a few very key ones, which, which I see as, you know, top of the head advantage. Fair enough, fair enough. So if any company that's having the symptoms you mentioned, can they come to synthesis with the entire range, let's say from audit to blueprint to implementation and so on? Yes, yes, that, that's exactly the thought process. Uh, so even though we call it an audit, essentially, uh, it is the outcome that gives the results. Even though, even if I take inventory, create the blueprint, the plan that we create post the blueprint, which gives the benefits, is where our key plays from a synthesis perspective, right? So we uh, come into play exactly after the audit where we work with the company and say, this is phase one, this is phase two, this is phase three, and this is the cost benefit for each of these phases, and then let, let the customer choose how they want to go ahead with which phase first and how do they want to plan their investments, how do they want to plan, plan their time uh, with, in terms of transforming. And particularly, this should be done uh, when companies are now trying to move to the digital economy, right? Because in, in, in the previous hub spoke, you know, point-to-point -point integration model, things were okay. But once you start moving to digital economy, start moving to cloud-enabled applications, start moving to uh, the social integration, start, start moving to deeper analytics, deeper insights, it, it becomes paramount uh, to have the enterprise architecture in place, to implement the enterprise architecture in place. It's a very interesting topic. It is, it is indeed. Do you recommend that organizations do the audit internally or should they approach an expert like Synthesis right off the bat? See, our recommendation is uh, it, it should be a joint exercise, right? Because uh, you have the right people uh, on the table with the right people on the other side working together to create the blueprint to start with and, and do the audit and then do the blueprint, right? So it ha I, my opinion is, and, and this, is, this is what we suggest to all of our clients, is, is getting engaged at the right time and getting engaged with the right people at the right time is, is going to bring the difference in terms of cost saving as well. See, even if I request a customer or a client to start thinking of enterprise architecture, it's very difficult to articulate where will they start, right? And having said that, they have to still continue with their day job of keeping the lights on or keeping the operations running or keeping the marketing running or sales running for the for the customer rather than worrying about enterprise architecture. So the reason the experts have to be brought in is not just for knowledge. It is also for the fact that uh, people in the uh, customer organization are more focused on their core competencies, is what they should be focused on by, and leaving the enterprise architecture, the blueprint, 
the best practices uh, to the experts so that they can invest their time better in what they do the best. Awesome. I think so too. Thank you, Vijay, for joining us and sharing your insights. Hope this helps our audience to think about enterprise-level architecture during their OSS and BSS transformations. Thank you, Kiran. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Synthesis Systems. We enable businesses to thrive in the subscription world. Check us out at synthesis-systems.com for more information and make sure to follow our social media.